This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. What is going on, guys? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. We've got some exciting news for you. Woo! Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, and us have come to an agreement to bring our sponsorship to the next level. We finally have a Headlock Talk promo code for naturallyhemp's.com. Use code HLT10 to get 10% off your entire order. And by the way, the code does not expire. Fantastic news, Steven. Yes, I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for uh, sleep aid, for muscle pain, recover when I come back from the gym. And I love the lotions and balms for my hands in the summertime and wintertime when my hands get all chapped and cracked. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. It's really good stuff. And by the way, the fun does not stop there. We are now partnered with some affiliate companies as well. Naturallypure.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 for 10% off your entire order. If you are a vapor in need, eLiquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 to get 10% off your entire order. Keep an eye on our Twitter, at Headlock Talk. In the next coming weeks, we'll be doing several giveaways, and you can find out how to get your own bundle of hand sanitizer and masks or CBD gummies. And now, on with the show. This week's edition of the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast, we're talking all about uh, new releases as well as some gaming news, PS5 potential launch date, and Gamescom 2020. So don't miss out. You gotta stick around for this one, folks. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, the Ranger, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from here, the Rogue, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy. Howdy, Stephen. How's it going today? It's going good. It's going good. good. Yeah, we, we got a lot of uh, a lot of really exciting stuff to talk about today, honestly. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. We're, we're kind of in this, uh, in this area right now, but before this next-gen launch where... Uh, there's not a lot of news, but the news that there is is really exciting. So, 
Yeah, but but then also the news that is really exciting is mostly games that we won't be able to play in, for like another year. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the the intrigue behind some of this here too is like you know it's it, 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 we're, it's it's the calm before the storm. Yeah, yeah, some might say. No, it absolutely is. I, I mean, uh, obviously, Sony and and Microsoft they they still haven't set a price on, on their on their console or anything like that, and. Uh, I think at this point they're not the only ones playing, like holding their cards close to the chest. Uh, I'm assuming uh, even uh, in September and even in, in October, we're going to see a lot more uh, game announcements and game releases, uh, kind of <laughs> like some surprise releases, I, I think. Um, this year is not over in terms of surprises, I will say. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. But, I mean, in terms of the surprises that we do get, there are quite a few that are coming out. Some that have, mm-hmm. that have really intrigued me and raised my eyebrow. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, for our first news story of the day, uh, this is uh, a leak slash rumor, depending on uh, you know who you ask and, and uh, I, I guess who you're talking to, really. Um, but the, this new leak has a um, rumored release date for both the Series X uh, from Microsoft and the PlayStation 5 from Sony. So um, if the leak is to be believed, uh, the Series X uh, from Microsoft will be releasing on November 6th, uh, which is the first Friday uh, of November. Uh, and, it, and then the leak also has the PS5 releasing on November 13th, which is the second Friday of uh, the month of November. So... Um, hmm. I mean, it sounds like it could be true, honestly. I feel like it does ring true, and I feel like it does make a lot of sense. And, and this is why. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is right before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Black Friday, which is prime shopping season where they can launch a system and and like you know if they expect it to fly off the shelves. Uh, then you know they're going to set a, a decent enough price for it, and uh, expect probably a large uh, intake of people picking up those systems, mm-hmm. uh, especially on Black Friday. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. And uh, the the leak did mention that uh, specifically with the PS5 um, that they're shooting for a mid November date, um, and, and most consoles release on Friday, so that would either be uh, November thirteenth or November twentieth. Um, the only reason I don't believe it's November 20th is because that's pushing it real close to Black Friday. Mm. Uh, actually, is that Black Friday or, or is that the next Friday? It's it's the it's the Friday after Thanksgiving. Okay, so which which will be probably later in the month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't give them a lot of time before Black Friday. I'm assuming that they're that they're gonna want to you know it, at least have them distributed out to stores uh, before Black Friday. Uh, you know, a considerable amount of time before Black Friday, I would think. Um, and, and the other reason I don't think it's November 20th is because I can see Sony giving Microsoft a week lead uh, on this generation. I don't see them giving a two week lead. And I know that doesn't mm. sound like a lot, but it really is. Well, I, and I was—that's what actually I was about to get into with you—is—is is like, uh, what advantage is it, if any, that Microsoft would have by releasing their console a week earlier than Sony releasing the PlayStation Five? Yeah, I, I mean, it's really a, a lot of it is like a perception thing, really. Uh, it's like, oh look, Microsoft got to next gen before Sony did, uh, and, and uh, you know, some people are just excited for next gen, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether the PlayStation Five comes out first or the Series X comes out first, they're gonna buy whichever next gen comes out first, and um, 
I personally don't buy that way, but uh, there are a lot of people that do buy that way. Or if they're planning on getting both consoles, maybe they buy one now and then they buy one later. Uh, so you, it, you really want that that lead time uh, to you know get those first adopters in. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and and that's kind of the the, the perspective that I had here in my line of thinking was like for the casual gamer, maybe like somebody like myself who you know I, I tend to defer to you in, in cases mm-hmm. where like you're far more knowledgeable than I am when it comes to gaming. Um, but uh, it's okay. I'm a nerd like as hell. So, <laughs> but um, I mean uh, we both are. But right. I, I think when it comes to gaming, like, I, I mean, for somebody who might be maybe even more casual than myself, mm-hmm. uh, who they're, they're just like, I just want the next gen. I don't care who it is. I don't care what it is. You know, I mean, uh, if, you, if you've if you got somebody who's that $500 plus is really burning a hole in your pocket, I mean, does, does that mean that, you know, those are going to be people who are going to go out and get the Xbox on day one mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe the more devoted Sony people going out and getting the PlayStation 5. Right. I definitely see your point there. And I think the the whole, like, getting the the first next... or getting the next-gen console out first uh, was, like, a really, really big thing in, like, the Nintendo 64 days. And then, like, the Sega Dreamcast and, and Nintendo GameCube, PlayStation 2. Uh, you know, like, the, the early 90s to, to early 2000s. That was really when it was super important. Just because there were huge, huge jumps in power uh, in those consoles. Whereas with consoles nowadays, like, yes, they're, they're definitely way more powerful. But a lot of the power is going into, like, quality of life uh improvements like with with the playstation 5 and xbox one or xbox um series x they're they're both able to suspend two games at a time instead of only suspending one game at a time so yeah that's freaking awesome that's really impressive but in terms of like the visuals of it um it definitely looks like next gen but the difference between a ps4 and a ps5 is way smaller of a visual and graphical gap than the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 was. Um, So, me personally, I I think that getting the console out first isn't necessarily as important as it used to be in the past. Okay. Well, I mean, that is an interesting take. Um, And I think that maybe you do see that encampment a little bit of like you know people saying well i i mean i know absolutely i'm going to get the playstation 4 or or playstation 5 or i'm absolutely going to get you know the xbox Mm -hmm. you know this year Uh, i think you do tend to have more of that devotion to one gaming console as opposed to another one uh, maybe um maybe more so than you would back in the day where it was like oh well i mean there's the sega and there is you know, Nintendo, and I could get the PlayStation, or whatever it might be. OG Xbox. OG Xbox, right. There were so many different options. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't really seem like like maybe Nintendo... Nintendo's off kind of doing its own thing, and and kind of letting Sony and and Microsoft beat each other up a little bit. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Uh, No, that's that's a very good point. I mean, Nintendo's been playing its own game of chess for, you know, like five years now uh, at, at this point. Uh, even in the Wii U, if you really want to go back that far, but we don't talk about the Wii U because it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but but now now so uh, like today, I think the most important thing is where are your friends? What what uh, what console do, you, do your friends have? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I 
I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, and you know, from from this last console generation with the Xbox One and PS4, uh, the PS4 sold out the sold uh, you know outsold the Xbox One uh, almost like three to one. Hmm. So I, I think with this generation, if everyone you know continues to stay on the system or, or in the ecosystem that that they bought into this generation, I think hmm. we're going to see uh, similarities to that this generation as well. Hmm. But but like I said, I, I think it really just comes down to where your friends are playing. Like that's that's. That's the really important thing for a lot of people, I think. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Sounds sounds good, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, I think both of those dates are very likely. Um, but again, they they are leaks slash rumors. It, it's not confirmed by Sony or Microsoft, so take them with a grain of salt. Um, that being said, though, uh, Sony has come out and uh, started pre-registration for pre-orders. So it's like a pre. A pre-pre-order. Pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, and what makes it even weirder is that we still don't know when, when it's coming out, and we still don't know how much it costs. Um, so it, it's very strange. So if you go to uh, Sony's blog, uh, they, they have a link on, on there where you can pre-register to pre-order the PS5. And uh, basically what it is is you, you go to that website, you... Uh, you uh, pop in your your PlayStation ID, uh, whatever you're on Xbox called a gamer tag, but what, whatever your gamer tag is, you'll pop that in there, um, and then it just says like thank you, and, and they'll they'll email you if you're uh, selected to to be in there. Now they said the the pre-orders are quote unquote limited, um, so that kind of worries me on what <laughs> what that means for the PlayStation 5's launch, honestly. Um, but uh, on on the matter of the pre-registration. The uh, parameters are are a little weird. They it basically on the wording it, it seems like they're going to um like look into your past like PlayStation uh experiences and, and like your I, I guess your allegiance to PlayStation and uh, they're they're picking the it, it's basically a lottery yeah uh, and uh they're they're picking people based on uh, i guess their allegiance to playstation so like how long their account's been active how many games they've played how many trophies they have um how many hours played you know i feel i feel almost offended by that <laughs> because like if it is in fact kind of like this loyalty almost like nepotism kind of a uh, scheme there from from Sony, and I, maybe that maybe scheme is a little bit harsh, but I feel like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I consider myself, uh, like I said, uh, trying to be impartial, but I've had a PlayStation for uh, PlayStation Four for quite some time, mm-hmm. and like you know, not once in that four years or so have I felt any guilt about getting the PlayStation o- over getting an Xbox, mm-hmm. um, at least at first, right? Um, that being said, um, like, again, I'm probably more casual than you are when it comes to gaming. That doesn't mean that I don't want the PlayStation 5 any less. Right. So why, why does somebody get to jump the head of the queue because they've, they've grinded out hours on the PlayStation 5, even though my $500 still means just as much as their $500. Absolutely. No, I I definitely see your point there. Is it just down to the matter of like interacting with the product? Is that what they care about? 
Um, it, it, so it's kind of cryptic on, on the wording that that they used. I would have to go back and and get a direct quote from them, but it, they never like explicitly said what the criteria was. They just said it was going to be based on past PlayStation experiences. So, uh, like, I don't know what that means. Uh, like, I don't know if that's how long your account has been active. Like, whether that goes back even you know past the PS4 into the PS3 days. Or, or or what? Um, let me play devil's advocate for you, though. Um, what if this is a way for Sony to... Uh, b- because they, they did say that pre-orders will be limited, so that makes me think that their uh, production is really not as, as uh, you know, high as they would want it to be. What if this is Sony's way of protecting it against scalpers? And, and this is uh, making sure that PlayStation fans are the ones that get the the first run of the consoles instead of people who are going to, you know, turn around and sell them on eBay for $900. No, yeah, I mean, that's an accurate take for sure. Um, Like like I said, I think it's just all about what your initial impression is, right? Uh, Because, like, you know, uh, if you you digged deeper into that and you said, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it being scalper protection or, again, if you're somebody that's maybe uh, been into gaming, you know, more hardcore, then that might be like, oh, yeah, it might be like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> protections basically. Right. Um, you know, but for somebody more casual, it it certainly might come across as like elitist almost. You yeah. think? Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. I was just playing devil's advocate. Oh no, uh, for honestly. sure, for sure. Um, I, I wasn't trying to jump out at you. <laughs> right, right. No, for sure. And uh, I mean, it's a sucky situation. You know. Um, I mean, me me personally. I I play games all the time. I have a very old PlayStation account. Um, I don't think I'll have a problem getting one of these pre-orders. Um, so, like, my opinion is a little biased, you know, just because, like, I'm I don't think I'll have the same problems as uh, you know some ca- some more casual players would. Um, it, it's just a sucky situation, honestly. Um, mm. I, I do think that opening this pre-registration for for pre-orders is a smart move. But maybe they didn't really go about it the best way uh, because the the wording that they used and, and how they're rolling it out uh, it does kind of come off as a little bit elitist uh, at, mm. at times. And Sony's been, um, you know, guilty of, of quote unquote elitist uh, marketing in the past. So, yeah, I, I can t- totally see your point there. Um, I think it's. I think it's a little bit of both, you know, like th- this could be a good thing because it does get it in the hands of, of the diehard PlayStation fans. Mm. But then at the same time, oh, you're not a diehard PlayStation fan? Well, screw you. You can buy it in nine months or or, yeah. or whenever they're you, able you, to scale up production. You're going to have to wait for, with all the other plebs. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, I wish we lived in a world where everyone who wanted one could buy a PlayStation Five right at launch. But mm. with with where we are in in uh, COVID and, and uh, you know factories and things like that, it's just not in the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, it's a shitty situation. Sony probably could have handled it better. But at the same time, what else were they going to do? Were they going to let it you know sell out in a day and then no one can buy it for nine months? I mean, that no one no one wins there either. So yeah. I, it's it's just very weird. I get that for sure, man. Uh, there, there does seem to be a pretty exciting uh, little bit of uh, extended gameplay that uh, has been revealed recently here with uh, Ratchet and Clank mm. Rift Apart. Yes. Uh, Steven, you sent this link to me here, and this game looks pretty slick. Oh, man. The, okay. So, 
Sony finally bought Insomniac. They they should have done it forever ago, but they finally bought Insomniac. Um, and uh, yeah, so I believe th- this will kind of be the uh, the um, the series going forward that Insomniac's going to be working for or, or or working on on behalf of Sony. Um, so did did you play the the one in 2016? I did not. Okay, so um, Ratchet and Clank originally uh, launched on PS2. Uh, and like very late in the in the PS2 cycle, I do remember those. Yes, mm-hmm. and then it thrived in the PS3 cycle. Uh, it was it was one of the most popular games in, in the or in the PS3 cycle. Um, back in 2016, uh, Insomniac made a, a reboot, basically, of uh, Ratchet and Clank. It, it follows the same story as the first one, but it's a completely different game. Um, that game is one of my favorite games of all time. It's so so good. Gameplay is addictive as hell. It's beautiful. Looks like a Pixar movie. the The characters are hilarious. Uh, the world is fantastic. The gameplay is smooth, super super smooth. So many upgrades. Like it, it's just a fantastic game. And uh, back when they announced the PlayStation Five, they showed uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and uh, so that was the first little bit that we got of it. And uh, I lost my mind when when they first announced it, and now finally Gamescom 2020. Sorry, that was really long winded, but <laughs> no, um, you're fine. Finally, Gamescom 2020, we got a a full uncut uh, gameplay uh, little clip of this. It's only about eight minutes long. Um, I wish it was more, but at the same time, it's like I don't really want to ruin it for myself. Um, but I can talk about this game for hours and hours and hours. What are your first impressions of this, having not played? Uh, the newest one. Well, I'm watching the gameplay right now as we speak, and um, the first thing that I I will make note of here is uh, exactly how on point you are with the description uh, of the game. It it looks like it's straight out of a Pixar movie, mm-hmm. um, uh, but like graphics wise, I mean, whereas you think it might be like oh, like like this comes off as very cartoony at first, mm-hmm. it looks very well polished and well put together. It's not something where you're like oh, this looks like it's a kids game only. Right. Uh, right. This this. This looks like it's something that uh, uh, people of all ages uh, could enjoy. Um, and even though, I, I, like I said, even though I've kind of been out of that circle for a while now, it seems like I would not have to really work all that much to try and catch up on the game from when I last played during the initial PS2 launch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Insomniac's even come out and said that, and they, they said this on the um, at the Gamescom show as well, and is that this one is a sequel to the 2016 uh, uh, game Ratchet and Clank, but it can be played as a standalone. And, and uh, story-wise, you don't really need all that backstory in order to understand what's going on. However, um, they they put a lot of uh, a lot of little things in there where if you did play that first one, it it just bumps that quality up just a tiny little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, referencing things from the first one, uh, bringing back, uh, characters and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like the, the, the weapons look very nice and futuristic. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't come off as an extremely violent looking game. I think that's in line with maybe what the, you had before, but it does mm-hmm. look like, like a very unique third person, um, you know, shooter game. Yeah, is what this comes off as, um, which which I think a lot of people, you know, like I said, even though it's got like this cartoony kind of vibe, it does feel like it has a lot of mass appeal to it. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, there there is you know a lot of fighting. There there is hand to hand, not hand to hand combat, but there's melee combat. You know, there there is you know quote unquote violence in this game. Uh, but it's not grotesque violence at all. And, and really, the, this game is actually extremely lighthearted. Uh, all the dialogue is is comedic, pretty much. Like, there, there's not a lot of serious dialogue, unless you're, like, at the end of the game, you know? Um, but then, like, all the weapons are, like, super wacky. Like, there was, in the in the 2016 version, there was a, there was a gun called the Groovatron, where it mm. literally just shot a disco ball out and made everyone in the room start dancing so that you could pick them off with your other weapons. Uh, I mean, they, there's another gun called the Pixelator, which just turns uh, enemies into pixel art. Uh, makes them makes you do more damage, and and you can like basically destroy them pixel by pixel. Um, mm. So just a, a lot of really cool things like that. Um, so yeah, I I am super pumped for this game. I wanted to get your opinion on it though, because like I said, I can just keep talking. Well, you know, b- before we move on, mm-hmm. uh, answer me this because uh, th- maybe this is something I'm a bit confused about and. And I don't know. My memory is not so great, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you know, uh, when I'm looking through these cutscenes, it looks like they're they're slipping through portals into other dimensions or mm-hmm. other planes of existence. Here, is this something that's unique to this particular game? Like, like, is it like a story feature, or or is this? I mean, uh, what's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I didn't play a lot of the original ones. I will say. Um, I, I've, I think I have played all of them, but not like I didn't own it and and like beat it all the way through and really pay attention to the story and things like that. So I, I've played them, but I don't know a lot about them. Um, from what I was reading, it is a, um, uh, let me, let me find the name of this game. The developer has come out and said that it's basically a spiritual successor to an older Ratchet and Clank game, but I can't remember what that one is called um let's see is it just like ratchet and clank well the the first game was called ratchet and clank um right uh, into the nexus maybe Mm. no that seems a little seems a little too recent for that Mm. um i don't know i don't i don't really want to i don't want to talk out of my ass here um i I don't play i i didn't play a lot of them um okay but they have said that it is a spiritual successor to an older Ratchet and Clank game. So it's it's a remake basically, but but there's a lot it, more it, different about it. it. It's it's something it's not maybe a remake, but maybe it's something borrowed from a previous game. Right. Right. Okay. okay. So um definitely not entirely new, uh but uh, I mean the PS5 has a lot more power than a PS2 or a PS3 would, so that's going to open up a lot of different, uh, you know, gameplay capabilities. Like if if you watch the original launch trailer, there's like Ratchet and Clank are like jumping through different dimensions, mm-hmm. and, and it's not just like, oh, he jumps through a, a portal and then he's in this room, and then he jumps through a portal and now he's sitting on a beach. Like it's like <laughs> he jumps through a portal and then there's this massive futuristic world with like thousands of cars and people. Mm. And then he goes through another one. He's in this volcano with all this different lighting effects and things like that. And like that kind of environmental change is not possible on 
PS4. Mm-hmm. Like the the graphical power and and the load times of the PS4 just would not make that possible. Mm-hmm. So that that's an example of the kind of uh, gameplay improvements that a lot of games will be able to take advantage of on the uh, on the PS5. Okay. Uh, one more thing I did want to mention about this game. They did mention this at Gamescom. Um, originally, they had said it's coming out in 2021, which is still true. Um, but the way they were talking about it made it seem like uh, it was like holiday 2021. Hmm. Uh, however, they did say at Gamescom that this will be in the PS5 quote-unquote launch window. Um, so that's anywhere between November to March, April. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Look, look, I mean, it, it sounds like, it, again, they haven't given us a solid release date, but it sounds like uh, we'll be playing this... Uh, Sooner rather than later, which is super exciting for me. So, well, sounds fantastic. Yeah, I, I just can't wait. Like this is this is probably the game that I'm looking the most forward to personally. Mm-hmm. Um, from that little bit of really great, really just fun, fun stuff, uh, we're gonna talk about some not fun stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so just real quick, uh, the, this is a developing story that is going to be developing for months and months now, but just the the latest uh, and greatest in the, the whole Fortnite Epic Games versus mm. Apple versus Google debacle that's going on right now. Um, so Apple has uh, revoked Epic Games uh, developer rights for uh, Apple products. So... What that means, basically, is that Epic Games can no longer release incremental updates to Fortnite on any Apple products. Mm. So the game still works. Uh, if you have it on a Mac or on your phone or whatever, you can still play. Uh, however, you can only play with other people who are on Mac or uh, or mobile uh, on iPhone, iOS. Sorry. So many terminologies. <laughs> um, and also, you will not be getting any more future updates. Mm. So it, it essentially splits the game in half because uh, Fortnite is a cross-play game, so you can play it across all platforms, um, mm-hmm. but not if you're on Apple anymore. Mm. So now you basically have Apple and every other platform. Um, it's kind of crazy. It, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is it is strange uh, that 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 move is is being made. I guess if, as far as the 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 gameplay experience is concerned, but it doesn't surprise me so much as the as to how things have played out mm-hmm. um, with uh, with all of these uh, legal matters going on. It doesn't surprise me in the least bit that this is being done. Well, no, no definitely not. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, Apple is the the biggest tech company in the world. What they're sticking to their guns because they have the money to pay for lawyers? Whoa, that's crazy! Like this is almost <laughs> this is like almost non news just because mm. it's like yeah, of course this was going to happen. It's to be expected. Um, but I will say, uh, man, that sucks for Apple users. It really sucks for Apple users. Now I'm right. I'm not a huge fan of Fortnite. It's just not my game. Um, but it's as massive as it is for a reason. Uh, a lot of a lot of people really really enjoy this game. And uh, Apple, I, I understand you run the App Store, and uh, it's it's your way or the highway. I get that, but get your head out of your ass. The, this <laughs> is this is the most popular game in the entire world. Um, so what if you're not getting your your full cut that you demand from everybody else? I guarantee you that Fortnite is pulling in more money than almost all of your other games combined. So <laughs> just calm yourself. Just calm yourself. Now I'm not saying Epic Games is like the hero here. 
you know, they, uh, they, they did some shady stuff to Apple. They 100% did. Um, and, and it's up to you on whether it was justified or not necessarily, but, um, I think they're both being, uh, babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that that's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. It's just like, look, Apple, you can benefit from Fortnite. Fortnite, you can benefit from Apple. Just talk it out. Figure it out. But at, at the same time, this is a developing story. It's only it's only about a month old now. Um, we will not... This is not the last we'll hear about it. Let's see here. Um, yes, yeah, so that's, the, that's the, the latest and greatest from that debacle. Uh, one little piece of feel-good news here. Um, there is a professional gaming company called Team Envy. Have you heard of them? I have not. So they're a, a very, very big uh, uh, professional gaming team, and uh, they actually have several teams across several different games, which is really cool. Uh, Envy is, is one of the first uh, esports teams or, or esports uh, organizations, I guess, that, that I had uh, fallen in love with personally. Uh, they do own the Dallas Fuel, woot woot. Um, that's my team in, in, uh, Overwatch League. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, they, they also have teams in Super Smash Bros, uh, Magic the Gathering, Counter-Strike. Um, the, they own the Dallas Empire, which is part of the Call of Duty League. Um, they have, uh, multiple teams in Rocket League, multiple teams in Valorant. Uh, they're, they're a massive, massive, uh, professional gaming, uh, company. So what's really cool about this actually, um, is a certain hip-hop slash rap superstar has uh, apparently bought an undisclosed equity in Envy Gaming. Ooh. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, that man is Post Malone. Mm-hmm. He's Post Malone. Interesting. That's an yeah. interesting business move. Yeah. It, it is an interesting business move. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the worst move. I mean, esports uh, has been growing for... Uh, you know, a while now, and, and Team Envy is is one of the bigger players in that game. <laughs> you see what I did there? Mm. Uh, one of the bigger. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, but uh, sorry, I just had to toot my own horn. Uh, but Post Malone, uh, he he was saying, uh, you know, he's he's from Texas. Gaming's a big part of his life. This seemed like a no brainer to him. Uh, which yeah, I mean, it seems like a no brainer to me too. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what what kind of um, I mean, what kind of funding do you expect for uh, Post Malone to bring to your uh, your your gaming club and, yeah. and to the company in general? Uh, well, it was an undisclosed amount, but if I had to guess, millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, a, a good amount of money for sure. Uh, uh, I mean, Team Envy's no Apple, so it's it's not like you need to pay like fourteen billion dollars to to own part of the company necessarily, but. Um, they are very big, and they do bring in a lot of people, a lot of eyes to uh, to their products and everything. So, I don't even want to venture to guess how much much how much money was spent, but like a lot mm. more than I will see in my lifetime, probably. You know. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I've yeah. been I've been a fan of Team Envy for a while, and hey, Post Malone's great. As a man who knows a lot about sports ownership myself, mm. even though I'm not a sports team owner, um, I've definitely. But that is accurate. I would say you do know a lot about sports ownership. Um, I, I I would hope that may, that his heart is in the right place and that he's he's wanting to use this as an as a vehicle and an engine, not just to profit for himself, but to actually support a community and to support, uh, I guess, those involved in that organization. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, the the way he was talking about it, he was like, 
you know, gaming is a big part of my life. It always has been. It, it seems like something he's he's really passionate about. It's not just oh, this is my next business venture. You know, it, it seems like he really wanted to be in there. Right. Because um, um, a- as you might hear on uh, episodes of another podcast, uh, Radio Techers, with myself and uh, uh, my good friend Mags, our good friend Mags, mm-hmm. um, at DEJ Kirkby on Twitter, um, you know, there are soccer teams out there or and, and just sports teams in general who are owned by people whose intentions are not to... Um, to, to, to really care for an, or an organization or a community, but more or less to strictly just use them as a vehicle for making money. And, um, you know, and, and some people are just not passionate about a, about a project. So both of those things um, can be really, I don't know, I hate to use, just use the simple term of, of it being a bummer, um, but uh, it, it certainly does not give the fans of that particular organization or fans of, of that gaming community or fans of that, um, you know, of just gaming in general, maybe a lot of hope if you have somebody come in and they're not very passionate about the project or they're not familiar about it or that you're just using it for profiting mm-hmm. uh, uh, ventures. Um, you know, if, if it's somebody who actually really cares about what they're doing, and is passionate about, uh, I guess, the investment that they're making, then yeah, um, I think that, that that does bring a lot of optimism to people. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with gaming too is like, uh, I understand like uh, the, these companies, these are businesses, you know, that they are there to make money. That That is their primary goal. I understand that. Um, but I, I look at video games as an art form, you know, and... Uh, one of the the least important things in any art form is uh, cost, like how, how much it costs to make, how much it, it costs to buy, anything like that. Art is 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 art for the sake of art, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It, you definitely want someone who who's passionate about it, because whether you see video games as art or not, there's billions of people that do, and uh, and you know hold it very dear to them, so they, they don't want to see it mistreated. Um, mm. but I don't know, just the way he was talking about it, it seems like, uh, seems like Post Malone is, uh, very well aware of that and is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ready to put the time in. Well, and I know that we've made mention a lot about Gamescom. I know we're going to, we're going to get right into that here, uh, in just a moment to talk about maybe some of the more, uh, key things going on in Gamescom. But mm-hmm. I did want to make mention of one more thing here. Um, as reported earlier, as of the time of this recording here, uh, EA reportedly plans to announce the Mass Effect Trilogy remaster in October. Um, this is actually per games, uh, Game Beat journalist Jeff Grubb, uh, who went on a podcast and uh, said, quote, uh, Up until, like, this week, I know the plan was for sure... I know the plan for sure was to announce it in early October, release in later October. So good news. Uh, maybe it's bad news. It's 2020. Maybe that could get. A, uh, maybe that could start to slip. It sounds like maybe that's a possibility. Nothing for sure yet. Uh, he goes on to say, um, "I know it's real. I've seen more than enough evidence to know it's real, but it's still 2020, and they haven't announced it yet. Uh, I think EA were planning uh, to have this Mass Effect trilogy." Uh, be the other big thing other than the Star Wars Squadrons uh, for $60 this holiday, this holiday season. So that's why I'm still pretty confident that it will make it out. Uh, but with everything else falling apart, uh, like across the board, I could see them also wanting to just delay. But that's not for sure. That's not a guarantee yet. Uh, like, that's ju- that hasn't even been decided yet. It just seems that it's like like a possibility 
um, that's on the table. But last I heard, October, October for both. So, like, I really think, like, that's cool. And, like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a terribly out-of-context quote from a podcast. I'm not trying to jump on this guy. Um, hey, that's exciting. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your memories of... of uh Mass Effect, Steven? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Mass Effect, uh, I jumped into the game kind of late. Um, I, I started playing the first Mass Effect uh, a few months before Mass Effect 3 came out. Um, and so I, I, I don't know, I kind of jumped on the hype train, honestly. And uh, Mass Effect 3 was coming out, all the marketing was really great for it, everyone was uh, super hyped on it, and, and they were saying it was going to be friggin' incredible. Uh, so I was like, screw it. Uh, I need to see what this game is all about. So I started playing the first one. Uh, loved the first one. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, really great combat, honestly. Uh, upgrades and, and things like that were, were really, really cool. And uh, back back then, um, I, I feel like a, a lot of those gameplay mechanics were... Um, I don't want to say revolutionary, but hmm. uh, they were they were very unique for the time. Uh, a lot of... like. Uh, armor upgrades doing cool things in, in the in the moment like if you if you take a certain amount of damage there's like this little robot that pops off of you and can like scuttle over and explode on this guy um which is really really cool in, in like ps3 360 days you know what i mean uh, mm-hmm. obviously that's like old news <laughs> in, in the ps4 uh, Xbox One era, but <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, the second one, I really, really, really liked. Uh, I, I think I liked the second one e- even the best um, because it had the gameplay elements of the first one that were really, really good, but an, an even better story, um, which I'm a sucker for a story. Um, <laughs> and then Mass Effect 3 came out, and I really wanted to like it. Um, I don't know. They, they just changed it too much uh, mass effect one and two was uh a third person rpg um whereas the the third one was a third person action like third person shooter like it was an action game basically mm. which is fine i like action games like i really like action games but uh, like i loved the formula of mass effect one and two mm. and then they they changed it in three to be like more broadly appealing you know to the to the mm. player base and it just kind of lost its charm for me gotcha yeah. okay well fingers crossed here hopefully it uh you know makes a is, is a game changing difference here yeah I, I mean uh it better be for for the sake of mass effect i mean with mm. this the terrible terrible launch of mass effect andromeda a few years ago uh if they ruin the trilogy too uh mass effect might be dead forever so we'll see goodness yeah well well let's let's talk about gamescom 2020 because we've we've made note of a few titles here uh, that will be uh that that were i guess uh, uh made note of at gamescom 2020 mm-hmm. um so I'll, I'll kind of start listing some off for you here steven and, and give you a verbal description this is of course per gamespot.com mm-hmm. and writer uh, gabe gerwin um you know uh so um i'll kind of kind of just go down the list here um and 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 i'll i'll, I'll give you the, the description that gabe gives here and uh steven i know you're only just but one man uh but uh i will uh i'll i'll, I'll i want to get your initial takes on these news these pieces of news yeah for sure um 
let's see here. The first one that was made note of was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Stephen. Um, now, this is being described here. The first game shown uh, during Gamescom opening night uh, of improper Call of Duty Black Ops uh, Cold War is a direct sequel from the original Black Ops game. At the height of the Cold War in the 1980s, the campaign features several familiar characters, including fan favorite uh, fan favorites rather, like Frank Woods and Jason Hudson. Uh, g- generic white guy names. Basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, there will be optional objectives and several paths uh, um, in certain missions separating it from many of the other games in the series. Interesting. There are also narrative-shaping moments near the beginning and end of the story, and the developers showed an early clip from the uh, from the story involving Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it sounds cool. Um, it's a Call of Duty game. I haven't liked a Call of Duty since, like, the first Black Ops. Um, this does say it's a, it's a direct sequel to, to the first Black Ops, which is cool. Um, but I get the feeling that it's a direct sequel only in terms of the story. Uh, I'm assuming the gameplay is going to be radically different because it's, it has been radically different for years and years now. Um, does the ability for a change of narrative or a, or, or, or anything like that give you any kind of replayability or, or I guess the replayability of the evolving narrative that you can have with decision making, it seems like is what they're describing. Uh, yeah. d- does that have any influence over you? I mean, it's, it's certainly cool. Um, I, I like those kind of mechanics in other games. Uh, the only thing is, like, Call of Duty is, like, a straight-up action game. It's not a very story-heavy game whatsoever. And so I'm almost worried that they're going to half-ass that. Mm. And it'll be, like, it'll be like three decisions throughout the whole game. <laughs> and, like, the only thing it changes is that you go left down this hallway instead of right. Like, uh, mm. I'm really worried that they would, they would kind of half-ass that and not really, you know, go as hard as they should necessarily. Mm. I will say the part of that... Uh, that really intrigued me was the um, optional paths and optional objectives in mm. some of the levels, which is really, really cool. I mean, Call of Duty is like linear as as all hell. Like, mm. it, there is one way through the level. That's it. Mm. Um, and, and they started to change that a tiny bit with games like Infinite Warfare and, and things like that. But um, if they were to have levels like rise of the tomb raider uh i don't know if you've ever played that or heard of that one uh Mm -hmm. that one is a really Mm -hmm. really cool game where it is level based um but every level is like a small open world um so if they do something like that i'm all about it because i love that okay cool cool i i will say from from what i like about it here uh, from the sounds like is it is that return to form of what black ops was originally which is kind of like this this throwback to the Cold War era, mm-hmm. um, very CIA heavy, and it's, right. it, it doesn't feel bogged down with like a weird harebrained idea that maybe some of the other uh, Call of Duties or even more specifically Black Ops games have maybe fallen mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. Uh, that path. Um, let's let's move on to a game that um, that I'm not very familiar with at all, um, but uh, I'll see if you you've maybe heard of it, uh, Unknown Nine. Uh, the world premiere action-adventure game from L- Reflector, Unknown 9, is a narrative-driven game that features a protagonist able to manipulate the world around her, uh, seeing them as specters of sorts that cannot hurt her. It looks as though it will contain plenty of secrets as she removes a brick from a wall to look inside. Huh. I mean, it sounds interesting. What's it called? Uh, Unknown 9, Stephen. Unknown 9. Uh, no, mm. I have not heard of this. Um, this, this looks... Um, 
just from like the poster that it, that it looks like, and there's no gameplay that I can see on here. It does it? It looks very vague from the artwork that they've given, but it looks very technology driven, perhaps kind of like um, what's that? What is that game? You're gonna know this one like right instantly as I say it. But like, um, you know, you're kind of a hacker. You, you you're able to use cell phones to like manipulate watchdogs. Yeah, watchdogs. This this looks very similar to watchdogs, except mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more noir, perhaps. Yeah, I, I'm watching the uh, the reveal trailer here right now, and uh, I definitely see a lot of similarities to watchdogs. Uh, it seems like they they might be trying to go, you know, that route of being able to to manipulate things around you. Um, the only thing is, I can't really tell if this is like technology based or if like this is like, like is she doing some kind of like magic, or, like mm-hmm. like spiritual kind of kind of things. I'm not really sure. Um, it seems cool. Uh, I don't like cinematic reveal trailers personally. Mm. It's like it it tells me nothing. It's like oh cool, you can make a cutscene, but like I don't know what this <laughs> game is. You know, um, that was my that that was my. Uh, my gripe with the the fable launch trailer because it's, it's not a trailer it's it's it's, it's just it's a, a it's a movie it's a tiny little movie that tells yeah. you absolutely jack shit but <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i mean it seems cool uh j- just based on the the reveal trailer i like the atmosphere of it um that being said i know nothing about it so i don't know we'll see mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, let's move on here. Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first part of a story expansion of the game, Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 1, is a beefy addition to the shooter feature, uh, featuring rather plenty of demons to slaughter and terrifying areas to explore. Uh, they include a giant demon... They include, rather, giant demon skeletons that have become nice. part of the environment, and the Doom Slayer has some devastating weapons in his arsenal to deal with them. Holy crap, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I never played a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of Doom like growing up, but I did play the the most recent one before Doom Eternal uh, and thought it was absolutely great. Uh, some of the smoothest like first person shooter gameplay out there. It's extremely fast paced too, um, and, and all the mechanics in the game really they just work like really really well together. So um, I, I think that one came out in twenty sixteen. I believe. Mm. Um, and that one was really, really good. I have not played Doom Eternal, but I have heard only good things about it. Uh, and just based on that description of the DLC, it sounds dope as hell. So, hmm. yeah. There you go. Sounds really good. <laughs> I, I might have to pick it up, honestly. I've been waiting on Doom Eternal, um, but I don't know. Maybe now's the time. DLC's per- coming out. Maybe now. Perhaps so, Steven. Uh, there is a new Dragon Age... The next game in the Bioware series, Dragon Age, was teased with developers talking about how the team is looking to innovate with new characters and concepts. It will feature original wildlife and architecture, and there will be places you have never seen before in the series. The story will be um, uh, the story will see an oppressed group who are struggling to survive against those in power. We didn't see any yes. gameplay, however, it appears this title is still fairly early on. The last Dragon Age game. Inquisition released about six years ago to critical acclaim. Yes, yes, please, yes, please. Dragon Age Inquisition is incredible. It, it is an incredible RPG. Uh, I absolutely love that game. Uh, I've actually gone back and like played it three or four times since it's since it's come out. That, that game is really really great. Um, and one of the things that Dragon Age does uh, that I appreciate a lot, and, and a lot of like these uh, older 
not not older games, but um, games that are that are set in that like fantasy, like medieval era. Hmm. Um, Dragon Age leans very heavily into the politics of the world and, and the politics of of you know rivaling factions and, and things like that. And just based on that description, it sounds like they're going to continue doing that. So if if it's anything. If if it's anything like Inquisition, I'm gonna buy it day one because I loved Inquisition. So mm. yeah, all right, should be should be pretty good. There there is no reason it wouldn't be good, um, as long as it's still being made by Bioware. I'm assuming it is. I would I would assume it is yeah. as well. But, um, let's see here. Uh, I think there was one. Th- this one here was on our list of things to talk about here, but I felt as though it's it's appropriate that we'll slip slip it in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Um, the description here being World of Warcraft Shadowlands was teased with an impressive short animated film, uh, which is one of four parts Blizzard has planned uh, as the expansion approaches launch. Fans won't have to wait much longer as WoW Shadowlands will be released October 27th. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it seems really cool. Apparently you're like traveling to the World of Warcraft equivalent of hell and, uh, and you know, factioning up with uh, with four of these uh, different demon factions to to try to uh, I don't even know I, I guess get out of hell, uh, take the devil down. I, I don't really know what, what what it is. I only know like a tiny bit about it. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm not an MMO guy personally. Um, it, I just don't really dig them. I've played a lot of them uh, just because in theory they sound really really cool. Mm. Uh, but all MMOs for me, at least in my personal opinion, I know there's a lot of people that really love MMOs, but uh, in my personal opinion, they all just devolve in, into, uh, okay, go here and kill 15 of these guys and pick some stuff up and bring them <laughs> back to this guy. And then this guy's going to have you go kill a bunch of things and grab some stuff and bring it to this guy. And it, and it just loops like that for thousands and thousands of hours. So uh, MMOs, not my thing. Uh, but a lot of people still play World of Warcraft. So you'll be happy to hear that you'll have a new expansion very, very soon. There you go, Steven. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll probably mispronounce this name, but after Jeff Keeley, Keeley. You nailed it. Oh, wow, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Paul palled around with pa- uh, Crash Bandicoot earlier this summer, or palled around. I don't, I don't know what word that is. <laughs> P-A-L-L-E-D, palled, palled, palled. I guess palled? Palled? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Around with Crash Bandicoot earlier this summer, uh, the famous platforming mascot uh, had to make an appearance for pra- uh, for Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Uh, the game features flashback tape levels that are peak back into the 90s era of the series. Yeah, it, it seems really cool. Uh, I played uh, a lot of Crash Bandicoot uh, as a kid. Um, unfortunately I don't remember a lot of it cause I was like five, but, um, no, it, it was a lot of really great memories from, from my like very early childhood. Um, I don't know, right, right around like 10 or 11, I started playing games like Grand Theft Auto and things like that. And I kind of stopped playing a lot of those, uh, uh, you know, those, those style games. Um, but I like Crash Bandicoot. I, I like the character. I like the world. Um, I, I like, I've liked all the games that I've played by them. So Yeah. Give me a fourth one. I'm down. All right. Yeah. And the gameplay looks like really, really like interesting. Mm. So fancy, fancy, schmancy. 
Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. Uh, the first person pilot game, Star Wars Squadrons, uh, was shown during the presentation. The demonstration featured a look at single-player mission, or at a single-player mission, rather, uh, with the Empire fighting against the Rebel Alliance in this particular mission. It will be fully playable in VR, making the intense dogfights even more immersive. The game won't be full-priced to reflect its smaller scale. Uh, it will be launching for current gen systems and PC. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is the this is the one where it's it's just space battles, right? I I believe so. Yeah, it looks, it looks like you're only uh, it, it's a first person. Um, I guess uh, uh, what do they call it? Like a f- pilot well, pilot game. Pilot game, yeah. So I guess it's only uh, well, it might not be only space battles, but it'll probably be just only air battles. You know. Um, so you might just be like on a planet, but in the sky, I don't know. Um, so it sounds really cool. Uh, honestly, um, I was a real big fan of the, of the space battles in battlefront two back in like 2008 or 2009 or so. Um, so yeah, I'm all about this. Um, the, the, I just thought about this and, and I'm being, I'm complaining just for complaining sake, just because I won't let this go. Um, Battlefront 2, over a decade ago, had uh, ground battles and space battles. And now you sell me Battlefront 2 for full price with only ground battles, and then a few years later release Star Wars Squadrons, which is only space battles. Um, uh, You kind of suck a lot, EA. I'm not going to lie. Like You could just put that into one game and, and charge 60 bucks for it because they did it 10 years ago. Um yeah, that I, I look. The game's gonna be good, but that's a very shitty thing to do. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, fair enough, Stephen. Uh, let me see here. Mafia Definitive Edition, a, a game that uh, um, uh, that I n- always regretted not getting a chance to play. I, I I've been given a second chance, a second lease here. I was on, gonna say, now's on, your chance on, man. on gaming here. Yeah. Yes, it, it, in less than a month, we will be able to play Mafia Definitive Edition. The presentation shown during uh, Gamescom focused on protagonist Tommy's introduction into a crime family, and it gave us a chance to see his glorious new visuals. Uh, more resembling a new game rather than a remaster, it's developed by Mafia 3 Studio Hangar 13. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like uh, they did it a disservice by calling it Definitive Edition, because usually that title is like reserved for like a re-release of a game where it's the game and all the DLC, right? Uh, but this is absolutely not that. Like it, It's a complete remake from the ground up. It, it looks like a completely, completely different game. It looks really good, uh, graphically, honestly. Um, so I think they did themselves a disservice by calling it definitive edition, but that's like super nitpicky. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll probably play it again. I, I played the first mafia, really enjoyed it. Did you like it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thought the story was really good. Gameplay was real smooth. Um, it's probably not smooth going back now <laughs> and playing it, but at the time it was real smooth. Um, I liked mafia one and two, three was, uh, meh, in my opinion, but, uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll probably pick this one up. It looks really good. Okay, well, fantastic, Stephen. Uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, available next spring. Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga features content from all nine main films. In a gameplay teaser, we saw Luke Skywalker wield a lightsaber. Anakin pilot a red. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Anakin uh, Skywalker 
pilot a pod racer and his eventual transformation into Darth Vader. Uh, the game will also feature X-Wing combat and plenty of goofy humor not in the films. Yeah, I'll probably get it. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I like the Lego games a lot, honestly. Like, unironically, they're actually really, really good. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the 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 sequels, you know, episode 7, 8, and 9, uh, I don't know. Episode seven's good. Episode 8 is hot trash. Uh, episode 9 is meh. Um, mm. But we get new content from episodes 1 through 6, which is really cool. So, yeah. And it's a Lego game. So, yeah. I'll get it. Okay. Do you like? Do you play any of the Lego games? No. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, like, honestly, I'm not even kidding. I highly recommend them. Like, they're, okay. like, they're super simple. Like they're they're literally designed for anyone to be able to play them. So like mm. like a like a six year old could could mm. pick up the game and start mm. playing it. Sounds my speed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the they they just I, I don't know. They're they're a really great developer because they they can make it fun for a six year old and they can make it fun for a, a twenty three year old, make it fun for an eighty year old, mm. uh, and it's still the same game somehow. But but it's fun for everybody. So mm. yeah, Lego games are great. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, a game that's had a real breakout in, in just very recent times here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fall Guys Season 2, um, as the breakout hit Fall Guys premiered its Season 2 content during Gamescom, uh, new mini-games will come into the game with medieval-themed costumes to match the castles and other obstacles in your way. Season mm-hmm. 2 is still in development, uh, but you can expect plenty of goofiness with other players knocking you off the map. The content will be available this October. Oh, this October, nice, Fair, fairly recent or fairly soon, I should say. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Fall Guys is really fun. Um, it it's, uh, I don't know, it it gets old for me very quickly. Uh, I will say, I hop on, play, you know, two three games, and I'm good. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a fun time, but I mean, there, there's really not a lot of progression. It's all cosmetic and, um. You know, season one had like you repeat the same mini games over and over and over and over again. So I feel like with with season two, one thing that they really need to really need to fix is uh, they need to add like double or even triple the amount of mini games because uh, it's a it's a round based uh, like elimination game. So like you'll play, uh, I think it's a maximum of five rounds, but it's normally four rounds. Um, and so rounds one and two, there's like a pool of, uh, of mini games that they can be. Um, but you're going to play a lot more rounds one and two than you are three and four because you get eliminated all the time. Mm. And so like by, you know, you play 10 games in a row, you've played, you've played the same three or four mini games multiple times. Um, and, and so for me, it gets really, really boring mm-hmm. very quickly. Now, if they can solve that and add a lot more mini games and a lot more variety in what you're doing, then I'm all about it. Uh, and, and I do like the game. It's just if it has the same problems that season one has, I probably won't play it for more than a few days. Gotcha. So, okay then. Have uh, you ever you ever played it or, or no, seen it? No. It's a fun game, man. <laughs> it, it's a fun game. It's on. It's free on PlayStation I, right now. I know our our good friend Josh Robinson at Josh Robinson zero zero on Twitter. He he's been playing a lot of Fall Guys recently. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't mind the battle royale type games. There, it's just not. I normally do. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
we've got only two more here on the list mm-hmm. um, based off of games that we haven't gone over yet. But uh, um, I will say for this next one here, it, it does get me quite a bit excited. Nice. Um, if you feel as though you've been trapped in the monotony of Call of Duty style first-person shooter games, which I like into the history channel of first-person shooter style <laughs> games. Um, Accurate. <laughs> uh, you might be intrigued by Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Mm, yes. Uh, a narrative-driven first-person shooter from Respawn Entertainment, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is directed by the lead of the original game from two decades ago, and it features several acts, including a, the, uh, including a battle on D-Day. Uh, there are elements of espionage, and it will be available on both uh, Oculus Rift and Quest via Oculus Link with impressive action. There are no edits or cutscenes with the whole story told from your perspective. That's dope. That All of that sounds dope. Yeah. I mean, if you're into more historically accurate uh, pieces of entertainment, uh, as I am, I'm a big uh, history buff, mm-hmm. uh, this sounds right up my alley. See, and that's what was so great about Call of Duty originally. What was the it was yes, like it, it did have a, a quote unquote fake story or, or fictional story, but but it took place in a very grounded and historically accurate time and setting. Uh, and then Call of Duty Four came out, and, and it was about ancient aliens. Of course, of course, <laughs> no, <laughs> Go on, no, no. Um, and then Call of Duty Four came out, which a lot of people tout as the best Call of Duty. I aggressively disagree. I think that was the the start of the downfall of Call of Duty, in my opinion. Um, anyways, um, that was the best thing about Call of Duty. What was the historically accurate setting and, and historically accurate weapons and vehicles and, and all these things, right? Um, and, and then they started, you know, strapping exosuits to themselves, and it was just like Titanfall, but like shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Medal of Honor. It, you know, led by the same uh, original creator of it long ago, uh, made by Respawn Entertainment, uh, takes place during D-Day. Like, oh yeah, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. Indeed, Stephen. We'll, we'll end the recap of uh, the games uh, Gamescom 2020 uh, review here by Gamespot.com here uh, with an interesting note here: Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light will add a new elemental. Uh, power stasis, uh, uh, a new elemental power called stasis to the game for the first time. Uh, you'll be able to temporarily freeze enemies with uh, frost in order to deliver deadly finishing blows, uh, launching storm attacks and deadly bursts, or crash into your targets as a living avalanche. It could seriously change how both PvE and PvP gameplay works in Destiny 2. Uh, yeah, cool. I, I mean, that's that's cool for Destiny 2 players. Uh, I'm done with Destiny 2. Like, I'm so done. Well, there you go. It, it's just, <laughs> hey, buy this uh, $40 expansion. Okay, I bought it. Okay, uh, here's like, here's like a tiny, like a, like a tiny amount of content that you're going to replay for the next six months mm-hmm. until we release another $40 expansion that has a tiny amount of content. Like, I, I'm, I get flustered when I talk about Destiny 2 because mm-hmm. like they... I don't know. So many people talk about Bungie and they're just like, oh my God, Bungie's such a great developer and like all these things. And it's just like, dude, they, they sell you $10 worth of content for $40 every six months. Like, mm. no, I'm I'm done with uh, Destiny 2. And as I say that, if they announce Destiny 3 tomorrow, I'd probably buy it. So, Well, there you go, man. <laughs> there you go. 
we we did uh, talk earlier about uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, so there's not really too much that uh, that we need to f- you know, further go into about that. We talked a lot about that. Um, but, uh, Stephen, is there any other final notes or remarks that you've seen uh, recently yourself? Uh, I mean, not not really, honestly. Like, like okay. you said at the top of the show, we're, we're pretty much in that calm of the storm right now. I, I mean, we, we got thrown a bone with Gamescom this week, so we got to you know talk about some new games and stuff like that. But other than that, it, it's just... Uh, PS5 and mm-hmm. and Series X leaks and rumors and mm-hmm. then Fortnite versus Apple like that's a lot of the news right now. So well, there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think this has been yet another successful episode of the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast. I'm glad that you could join us today. Mm-hmm. Be sure to also tune into our other episodes here on Headlock Talk Radio, uh, where we have had uh, our good friend Mags as well as another good friend of ours, Foul, mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Headlock Talk. Uh, proper uh, earlier this week uh, where we got to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, got to talk about NXT, we took some of your hot takes as well as played some If Wishes Were Fishes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're prepared to listen to uh, two and a half, almost three hours of ridiculousness. Uh, definitely tune in and uh, have a good old wrestling time uh, there on uh, on Headlock Talk that was on Monday. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And then uh, if you feel like, uh, you know, stuff in your face full of podcast goodness, um, you know, Stephen and I also did a review uh, for the, uh, of, I guess, the great chicken sandwich debate. We went and purchased... Five different chicken sandwiches from five of the most available chicken sandwich restaurants, perhaps, um, or, or I guess five restaurants w- that you would commonly find a chicken sandwich at, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we rated them for you to find out what is the best chicken sandwich yes. out there on the market. So make sure to tune into that episode as well. Yeah, we tried to be very impartial. There, w- there was criteria that we graded. Uh, mm. it, 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 yeah, every sandwich got a star rating, so it yes. was... Uh, I don't know. It was very official, I think. Yeah, it was It was very efficient, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Um, so um, definitely check those episodes out as well. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Headlock Talk, uh, so that way you can uh, find out all of our news and episodes and just general retweeting and all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, please give us a follow on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Mm-hmm. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or anywhere else for that matter. Um, that way, so you can always get the newest and latest and greatest episodes here at Headlock Talk Radio. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, just as a quick side note, again, myself and my good friend uh, Mags at uh, DEJ Kirkby on Twitter, we're also uh, launching a new uh, soccer-based or football, more properly, podcast. It's football. It's football. Yeah. Um, it's called Radio Techers. You can find that and follow that on Twitter as well, at Radio Techers. That's spelled with uh, two Ks, T-E-K-K-E-R-S, uh, Radio Techers. Uh, so make sure to give that a follow and a listen and, and subscribe to it. Yes. It's a lot of fun. We're going to have Steven on uh, here in episodes in the future because we want to find Steven a, a soccer club so mm-hmm. he can get involved with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of fun. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. You sh- yes. Yeah. I gotta I'm happy. Be, I got to be prepared. <laughs> I'm happy that you're learning a lot. Yeah. Um. So, so make sure to give that show a follow as well. And don't forget, folks, when it comes to CBD, we have got you covered. Make sure to go to naturallyhemps.com for all of your premium CBD needs, 
whether that be for sleep aid, for muscle pain, for workout recovery, whatever it is that you need, we've got you covered. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally Hemp's has everything from uh, gummies to sublinguals to lotions to balms and everything else in between uh, for uh, anything that you can imagine eating CBD for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you go to naturallyhemp's.com, be sure to use promo code HLT10 at checkout for 10% off on your purchase. And that offer never expires. Never. You can use it all the time. You can use it on your first purchase. You can use it on your 2000th purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, make sure to always use promo code HLT10 uh, at checkout at naturallyhemp.com for all of your CBD purchases. Mm-hmm. While you're there, make sure to visit their sister website as well, naturallypuresanitizer.com. Uh, for all of your hand sanitizer needs as well, because you can use the same promo code HLT10 at checkout there. Uh, you know, making sure that you keep your hands clean. That's very important right now, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It's very important. It's very important that mm-hmm. you keep your hands clean. And what best way to do that uh, than to go to naturallypuresanitizer.com and use promo code HLT10 uh, at checkout for 10% off on your purchase, whether you need a small bottle uh, for your purse, for your car, or if you need a gallon to refill all the bottles in your home, mm-hmm. you can do that at naturallypuresanitizer.com. Yes, indeed. What else do we got for you, Stephen? Uh, well, we also have a sponsorship with AmericanVaporCompany.com. Uh, if you are in vapor and in need of e-liquid, uh, we got you covered. We got you covered. Uh, they got all kinds of flavors, whether you're looking for candies, desserts, fruits, tobaccos, menthols. Uh, I, I mean, really, whatever you can think of, they have it. I'm vaping on a flavor right now of theirs called Unity Squanch. It's a blue raspberry blow pop. It's very, mm. very good, very sweet flavor. Uh, I like a lot of sweeter flavors personally. Mm. Well, and they've got different degrees of strength too, which I think makes yes. a big difference. Yeah, a, a lot of people only offer their juices in zero milligram, three, and, and six milligram. Uh, American Vapor Company actually goes up to nine milligram, which is really cool too. So if uh, if you kind of use a, a smaller device and maybe need a little bit more nicotine, but maybe salt nicotine is a little too much for you. I'm describing myself, by the way. Uh, I like to go with with the nine milligrams. It's a little little lighter on the nicotine, but you still get a, a good amount uh, out of your smaller devices. So mm. if uh, if that's something you want to go for, head over to AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use promo code HLT10. Get 10% off your order. And again, just like Naturally Hemp's and Naturally Pure Sanitizer, HLT10 never expires. Fantastic, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we've covered all of our bases this week. Um, I'm, of course, the Ranger, Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from here, the Rogue, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening, guys. And thank you, Stephen, for all of your expertise this week. Well, thank you. (laughs) Y'all take care, have yourselves a great rest of the day, and we'll see you again next time. Later. Bye-bye.
for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click slash safety, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, buddy, nice and simple this time. <clears throat> In a world of Veltima fungicide, five feet reign supreme. Hey, remember, less dramatic? Five feet. Just five feet. Five feet. Nope. Sixty inches. Look, man, just say Veltima fungicide lets you treat corn as early as five feet. Nice. Veltima fungicide from BASF. Coming sooner to a field near you. Always read and follow label directions. 